Hey guys, how you doing? This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Show podcast. And uh, this one is, as I promised you, one of the stories that uh, we tell on occasions that you guys uh, basically listen to and then decide whether or not it's true, false, or somewhere in the middle. Did I make it up? <laughs> it's only for you to decide. I, of course, will never tell you, but I would always put a disclaimer at the front of these and say, this may or may not have happened. Partially, this may have happened, or some of it may have happened, or absolutely none of it may have happened. And it is up to you to decide whether or not you think it did. I will never tell. So uh, before we start, just a quick um, you know, update on where we are, what we're doing. Uh, unfortunately, I got pissed last night. Yeah, sorry. That's absolutely terrible. I... Um, I maybe um, sent a couple of emails, got a bit shitty about a couple of things. I've got to stop fucking drinking, man. It's just mad. I don't know. I'm, I'm Ever since I was about maybe, I don't know, 15, 16, I've been a drinker, right? I've been able to take my liquor. And then uh, coming up to, I guess, in my 20s, I drank quite a lot. My 30s, uh, when I settled down, got married. And, uh, you know, basically... Um, did all the usual things. I mean, I, you know, got a house and, you know, got beers in and had a beer fridge and, you know, all this sort of stuff. It, it just became a natural thing, drinking every day, all the time, really. Uh, whenever, you know, I wanted to take the stress of the day away, first thing I'd do is reach for a beer. And, uh, you know, of late, I just haven't been able to drink at all. I, I just can't have one uh, drink. If... Like I haven't had a drink for two weeks and then all of a sudden I have one glass of wine and I've got to drink the whole bottle, you know. It's absolutely mad. I've, I've just got to quit drinking. i just got to quit drinking. And then I've got to, uh, you know, I can save then that embarrassing sort of, oh, well, let's go and uh, go through the emails that I sent yesterday and let's go and check out the tweets that I sent yesterday because chances are I've fucking upset somebody. <laughs> you can almost guarantee it when I've been on the booze. So where are we today? It is Saturday and uh, been playing the Escalation Pack. Was playing it all weekend. Well, all weekend? It is the weekend. All kind of last week-ish. And uh, I did a couple of uh, videos for it, which I've sent off to Respawn. Hopefully they'll go up next week. And uh, then yesterday I had this incredible disaster with my Minecraft. I don't know what the fuck happened. It just I was playing Minecraft... Then all of a sudden, <laughs> blank screen of death. And then every time I went to kick it off, <laughs> blank screen of death. So I've, I've reinstalled. Now I've got to put my mods back in. And I'm oh, God. So annoying. Okay, anyway, I was seriously considering doing a, a reset of the whole damn machine from the last backup. <laughs> That's how much I hate installing mods. I don't know. It's not that difficult. It's just a pain in the ass, really. Okay, so um, where did this week's podcast story come from? Well, I'll tell you. Um, I told uh, my family a story, Christ, uh, possibly around about 10 years ago. And uh, it was it was quite a good story, I thought. And then, you know, they, they listened to it and, you know, I think they enjoyed it as well. And then um, it was about two or three years I heard that, uh, you know, something had happened to the, this guy and I was really quite, you know, I was, I was a little bit pissed at it, really. I mean, I, I was, yeah, ah, oh, damn it. it. You kind of think, is is it poetic justice? But, you know, that's, uh, anyway. So, uh, this story is called Jack, okay? Now, I've called him Jack because his name wasn't Jack. <laughs> 
it wasn't Jack, all right? But I'm calling him Jack because, um, oh, I don't know really, why am I calling him Jack? Because it's as good a name as any. And he always reminded me of a bit of a Jack, because he was a bit of a Jack the lad, to be honest. But anyway, this guy I knew from the age of four, probably. We went to the same um, uh, primary school and uh, we kind of knew each other-ish, not very much. And then we moved on to secondary school. He was in a different school to me and we kind of lost touch. And then afterwards, we kind of, you know, we met up a few times and we had a few beers and stuff and with a, with a you know, a load of other people and stuff, bit of a reunion. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a kind of very on-off, easy relationship with the guy, you know. It, it was, uh, I don't know. He, let me tell you about Jack, right? Jack thought he was a gangster. <laughs> seriously he thought he was a gangster and i could only imagine that jack had watched uh godfather movies or too many godfather movies anyway or something along that ilk because he really thought he was a sicilian you know uh gangster who was living in you know detroit or whatever it is chicago he was living in chicago and it, you know he was that sort of guy and he used to talk like it as well, actually, thinking back, you know. Um, I mean, he, he, he kind of, he wasn't a Cockney. He was born and bred in Coventry. And yet, he would come out with his Cockney accents all the time, you know. What the fucking hell you want? What are you fucking looking at me? You fucking looking at me? And you'd think, Jack, where are you? <laughs> Where do you think you are? Oh, dear. But. He was fearless, you know, and that was part of his downfall, I think, was the fact that Jack was fearless. He had no fear, but he also had no sense that went with the fear. And, uh, you know, I I remember hanging around with him uh, when I was maybe in my early 20s. And uh, I think, if I get this right, if I remember correctly anyway, Jack had uh, moved into a flat I, at the time, for whatever reason, had access to a van. He wanted me to move something in this van. That I do remember, but um, the details of it are quite hazy. Why are they quite hazy? Because we were pissed. We met the night before, and uh, he, he basically didn't tell me he wanted the van. And he, he just, you know, bailed me and said, oh, let's, you know, get a beer having a beer with Jack was never having a beer with Jack. You would have to drink the bar dry with Jack. And uh, then, more often than not, he'd pick a fight with somebody. Or, uh, you know, he, he just he just would. He was that type of guy. Anyway, uh, he told me that night, you know, oh, I need your van, by the way, tomorrow morning at whatever time. Come and stay at mine or whatever. We'll go straight. So, um, anyway, I do remember waking up in the morning and being very, very hungover and driving this van, picking up some furniture or other... And then driving it to his new flat and then, uh, you know, dropping all the stuff off and carrying it up the stairs, sweating like a pig. So you kind of get an idea of what... Uh, I'm going to pop a chunk of in, guys. I kind of get, you kind of get the idea of what Jack was like. And he was a good friend, you know. I mean, you could phone Jack and you could say to him, Jack, I'm in trouble. And he would be the first guy there. <coughs> but commentary was like that in those days. You could phone... You could find a lot of people and say I'm in trouble and everyone would be there. It was, um, you know, it was that sort of place, you know, it was just that sort of place. And, uh, you know, the, it was it was kind of, I don't know, was it like, was it like a, a family, 
I guess it kind of was in a way. The, the the whole place, right, Coventry was run at that time by a single family. And uh, these guys were um, real badasses, all right? I mean, they really were badasses. And uh, they they kept the peace. And, you know, they kept the peace. They stopped things from happening. And I, I, I won't name them. I think most of them are in jail now, or they were in jail. I think one of them died of AIDS, I'm not sure. But anyway, it was all run by this family. And uh, occasionally, you would be called upon to, you know, oh, um, such and such needs a car. Can you get an older one? Well, what does he need? He needs a, uh, <coughs> he needs a, you know, a Jag or whatever. And, you know, or he needs a trans transit van with a set of northern plates on it or something. Anyway, and, you know, you would get the nod that it's for one member of this family. And whilst I, don't, I, I never, ever met them, uh, Jack was always the kind of guy that was quite desperate, really, to go and work for these guys. It was his lifelong ambition that he was going to go and do this. And uh, I, I must admit, watching The Sopranos of late has kind of reminded me a lot of Jack. Um, but th that was his that was his ambition, to play it big time, you know. He he was a bit of a player. I mean, he, he was, you know, if you needed a car, he could get you a car. If, um, you know, somebody needed to be taken out, Jack would be the guy, you know. Or... You know, if whatever, Jack was just there. OK, Jack was just there and uh, Jack would always be your right arm, basically, you know, if you needed one. But as I say, there were a lot of people around like that at the time. Now, I didn't hang around, as I say, very much with Jack. It was only on the odd occasion when he needed a favour, I needed a favour or, you know, uh, whatever. And uh, this uh, this family, I heard that uh, Jack had managed to get an in with this family. Now, he was very sort of low-level stuff. He um, he was doing a bit of driving show from one of these guys around. Uh, he was doing a bit of close protection stuff, just making sure, you know. And, you know, he I mean, uh, he was doing a lot of stuff with this family. And, uh, you know, it, it was his lifelong ambition, so it wasn't really a problem. But, you know, I heard on the grapevine on this, uh, on this particular day that uh, Jack had been hurt. And uh, he was in a hospital. And we were all talking about, yeah, yeah, we'll go and visit him, go and visit him. <clears throat> and it turns out that he was in a hospital in Leeds. And we, we were kind of wondering what was going on, you know, why is he in a hospital in Leeds? And not only is he in a hospital in Leeds, but he's uh, kind of surrounded by a couple of coppers and you can't get near him to save your life, you know. And uh, it, it was really, really stupid, you know. I mean, I... I I was saying to the boys, we've got to get in, we've got to get in a car, we've got to get up there and we've got to go and see how he is and what the fuck is going on, right? Because, you know, he is one of our own and, you know, you don't leave you guys uh, sort of messing. So anyway, um, so we got in a car and we went up there and we got as far as the ward that he was on. There were three cops in this ward uh, that were kind of around, well, one of them was in the room with him actually and another two were at the door. And we said, you know, we all mates for some commentary. We we come to see him, and the the copper just said to us, like, you know, fuck off. I mean, we don't, look, you know, we, we've driven all the way from here to come and do this, and you know, said, so, well, you're not going to see him, guys. Just just you know, go away. So anyway, we we had a, uh, <laughs> a a bit of a row with these cops, and then you know, it's just ridiculous. On the way out of there, we met up with by chance somebody we knew worked for the family. 
and uh, you know he said to us, "What what's going on?" So well, I don't know, man. He's just surrounded by cops up there. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But they won't let us see him. They won't let us anywhere near him. And he went shit. He said, "Rumor is he's turned." And uh, we were like, "What? You are joking me. You are joking me." And uh, by turns, we're talking about you know he's he's turned informer. And, um, you know, he's taken out immunity or whatever against some whatever he's been up to. And, you know, and we were just thinking, no, absolutely not. I mean, many people, you know, you could think would do such a thing as that. But Jack, no way. Absolutely no way. So we said to, you know, the guy we were with, we said, this is bollocks, says absolutely no way. And he said, well, you know, um, you know, with... uh, uh, with the family hearing that he's turned, you know, the, there's a price going on his head. And, you know, we were like, you've got to be joking me. And we, we went away from this and, you know, went back to Coventry, all of us trying to work out what we could do to help Jack. I mean, uh, you know, and was there anything we could do to help Jack? I mean, it, we all knew it was bullshit. So we kind of racked our brains to think, well, is there anybody that would be close enough to this family that would be anywhere near somebody we could talk to to find out what was going on? And a name came up, and uh, it was only down to somebody's brother's friend. So anyway... Um, we got in touch with this guy and we got back to Coventry and we said, look, you know, uh, we'd really like to get an audience and, you know, just just kind of uh, work out, you know, if there's anything we can do to help or whatever. And, you know, um, we, we want to vouch for this guy. And uh, the guy we were talking to said to us basically, you know what you're saying here, don't you? You fucking get into bed with this guy. You stand up and say he's a friend of ours and vouch for this guy and they're going to tie you with the same fucking brush. And, you know, we thought, fuck yeah he's right um so we were in two minds as to whether or not to do this and somebody suggested that you know maybe we could uh get a friendly copper to maybe fill us in on what was going on there were friendly coppers about people that we knew um i mean god you know some of our schoolmates ended up as police you know so anyway we were talking about that you know going to do we go and do that? I um, thought, no, no. If, if Honestly, if we are even rumoured to have been talking to a copper, we're fucked. So anyway, we we kind of went back to this friend of a friend of a friend's brother and kind of went, you know, we, okay, we, we are let now looking for the audience. And uh, he said, okay, all right, I'll set it up. I'll set it up. Now, we didn't get to meet anybody from the family, but what we did do was uh, we managed to meet up with somebody who was very close to the family. And uh, he was actually, I think he was somebody's cousin. But anyway, um, and we met up with him and he was a Liverpudlian guy. And uh, basically just looking at him scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Oh, God. We met him in a hotel lobby and uh, we all had coffee. And uh, we said to him, look, you know, there's a rumour out that Jack's turned and that ain't the fucking case. You know, whoever's telling you this shit is wrong. Very, very wrong. And he was sort of like, well, you know, you guys, I don't know who you guys think you are, but, you know, if we've got information that this guy's turned, then we've got to act on it. And, you know, you guys all turning up here, you could be just fucking anyone. And we don't know you. We've got no respect for you. Uh, so why should we be listening to you? Um, we basically said to him, because, look, we're, we're going to put ourselves on the line as well. You know, that uh, we we are vouching, personally vouching for Jack. 
and uh, we absolutely, without a doubt, know that there uh, there is no way Jack would turn. I mean, uh, you know, and I said, look, I've known this guy since he was four years old. You know, all he wanted to ever do was work with the family. You know, and uh, basically, this guy this guy was semi sort of convinced, and um, he promised to go and make a phone call. And then he would give us a call and let us know what was happening. We couldn't get a word out of him, by the way, as to why uh, Jack was in Leeds, why he was in a mess, why he'd been busted. Uh, but, you know, pff, hey. So anyway, we then get a call, what, pff, 24 hours later, say he wanted to see us again. So anyway, we saw him again. And uh, this time it was even more scary because this fucker had two guys at the door of the hotel and another two guys sat in a car just outside the hotel. <laughs> Four of us went in to meet this guy. And the first thing he did was uh, he said, you know, um, I'm not going to talk to you guys unless I absolutely am convinced that uh, you guys aren't wired. <laughs> what? What is this? Is, is really? Have you been watching too many movies? He said, "No." I said, "I'm not. Uh, I ain't even gonna fucking open my mouth again until you prove to me there's no wires." So we thought, "Well, okay. Uh, how do we do that?" And uh, so we thought, "Well, only thing we can do really." So the hotel had a gymnasium and a swimming pool. So we all went down to the uh, the changing rooms of this gym. And we were patted down, basically, by his two guys. And then we went back to the table. His guys gave him the nod. And uh, he said, OK, all right, the fact that you're not wired pleases me. And I thought, fucking hell, it pleases me too, mate. I'd be dead. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, okey-cokey. Uh, so he then went on to say to us, look, what's happened is, Jack was doing a run, okay, and uh, he was moving a package, which I don't know what was in the package. I mean, it, uh, it, these guys were into a lot of uh, car stuff, so I don't know whether it was a package of money or it was a package of fucking wheel nuts. I don't know. I haven't got a clue what the fuck it was, but he was in charge of a package. Now, it could have been, I've I got to tell you now, it could have been drugs. I don't know. I really don't know. But, and we never got to find out. But uh, anyway, he was moving a package. He went to make a drop in Leeds. And, uh, oh no, he went to collect the package in Leeds. And as he went to collect the package, he was basically uh, jumped on top of. The shit was kicked out of him. And the next thing he knew, there were fucking police everywhere. And uh, they bundled him to the back of a uh, unmarked and walked him straight down the hospital together with a, a two outrider bike escort and I can only imagine that it must have been family talking of family some sort of family dispute between you know two different families I don't know I don't know how these fucking things work I really don't know but anyway that's that's what went down and uh, the fact that the cops had got him was all down to the fact that he had he had basically these these guys were under surveillance by the cops up in Leeds and they caught this you know gangster from out of town who was Jack and they were trying to turn him and you know they wouldn't let anyone near him and then the cops put out the rumor that uh, he was he'd been turned because uh, as this guy said to us you know we we have it on a reliable source and it's a blue source and that means it's a cop 
and it, you know we got it on a blue source that uh, basically Jack's turned and you know he said we don't need any more than that um, you know I'd, uh, and you know we've got all sorts of problems now because we've got we've got this situation going on with these guys in Leeds and that needs to be resolved and the family want it resolved really quickly so I would imagine there would be you know quite a few guys heading up there all tooled up ready to go and take on these guys in Leeds or you know there'd be a tit for tat and one of the guys from Leeds would be snatched and kicked the shit out of or whatever and then sent back with half a face uh, I don't know it's all well out of my league I knew that so anyway but we were saying so you know you're you're um, how do you know that he isn't playing both sides? And uh, the guy said, well, we don't, but he's been pretty good in the past. And we said, well, you know, we can absolutely guarantee you, and I will personally guarantee you, that there is no way Jack has been fucking turned. I think your source in blue is telling you bullshit. And the guy kind of went, well, you know what this means, boys, don't you? I mean, if you turn out to be fucking lying to me, then, you know... <laughs> there's going to be consequences to your actions and we went yeah you know we fully accept that we just we just know for a fact that jack there is no way he would uh turn so anyway <clears throat> uh we didn't hear anything then for about a week and we were phoning the hospital a lot and we were trying to get hold of him and then we'd heard that uh jack had uh been interviewed he w he'd been kind of put back together by the hospital he was in uh, a jail in Leeds and that uh, he was basically he was on remand and he then went to court for I think some minor offence possession of possession of an offensive weapon something shitty like that that they were keeping him on and the the as soon as he went into the magistrate's court they looked at this and they just said well you, you know there's no way he, he should be remanded for this you know we're going to deal with this now you get a you know 80 pound fine or whatever now fuck off <coughs> And the first we knew about it was one of the guys got a phone call from him. And he, he said, you know, I'm in Leeds, I'm stuck, I've got no transport. And, uh, you know, because the, uh, the family had been up and taken the car back. Uh, so, uh, because the police were looking for the car as well. And, and, you know, that was part of our argument as well. If Jack didn't even tell him what car he'd fucking driven, then, you know, <laughs> he's not, surely he's not turned. If he's not even going to admit to which car he was driving... You know, so anyway, that, that seemed to bode well. So we went up and got him. And we got back, I think we got back probably on the, uh, I think it was a Saturday morning when we got back, because it was late at night and we shot up there. So it was early Saturday morning when we got back. And we stopped some breakfast in the service station. We were talking about it. And we were saying to him, you know, what, what the fuck happened? And he, he said, I absolutely don't know. He said, I was like, you know, there was only me. It was an easy job. It was just a collect and deliver to. And the next thing I know, you know, people are hitting me with bats. And uh, he was in a bit of a mess, actually. I mean, he'd... Uh, <coughs> I don't think he got anything... Oh, yeah, he broke a finger. <laughs> that, yeah, he broke a finger. But uh, apart from that, I mean, he was just bruised and fucked up, really. So anyway, we went on to tell him about what happened with the family. And, you know, we were trying to get in with him. And he said, you know, I need to make a phone call. Like, so... We got back and, in, and uh, he made a phone call, and uh, uh, basically he was he was just told to come to a certain place, and you know he he was asked if we were with him, and he said yeah these they're with me all four of them yeah all four of them with you, so right okay we want you all to come, and uh, we thought right okay now if we cannot convince these guys 
that Jack hasn't turned, then we have a real fucking problem here. So what do we do? Do we now go and call in a few friends? Do we get some, get a few tools for the job? Or, you know, what do we do? Um, and uh, it was kind of decided that no matter what we did, whether or not we brought any gear with us or they brought, you know, that they would have brought better gear than we had. You know, if we'd have brought a... Uh, nine mil they'd have brought a fucking uzi you know and like that's the way it worked and that so we were in above our heads we knew that and jack knew that as well and jack was so fucking annoyed that we got involved in this he was really pissed off at us because he knew what was what was about to go down you know <clears throat> we drive out to a car park uh which like straight from getting back into Coventry, we drove out to this car park which uh was it was on the outskirts of a place on an industrial estate that had long since been abandoned. And uh, we kind of, you know, we met with all the, the razzmatazz. We met with us pulling in one way in our car. There were two fucking black Mercedes the other, <laughs> other side of us. I thought, oh, fuck. And then in front of us, there was another black Mercedes. And uh, basically, Jack got out and walked towards the Mercedes. A guy got out, who I did recognise, as a member of the family, and uh, he got out and walked towards Jack, and uh, then the two of the guys just stood there in the middle. Now, <clears throat> to say I was sweating would be a distinct understatement. It would be an absolute and distinct understatement. The guys in the Mercs that were either side of us had got out of their cars, and was stood obviously fucking tooled up looking at us in our car and just making sure we didn't get out or we didn't draw a weapon or whatever <clears throat> or maybe there were our executioners if it was decided we were all going to go um, but, but basically what happened was um, <laughs> Jack was talking to this guy for the best part of 10 minutes it seemed like so much longer <laughs> Uh, then this guy, who was a member of the family, put his arm around Jack, around the back of his head, and just pulled him into his shoulder and tapped him twice on the back. <clears throat> and then walked back to his car. At which point, the cars either side of us, uh, their boots opened, and four people were taken out, all in um <laughs> all in uh various conditions really i mean uh one of them i didn't think he was alive to be honest the uh one, one other one who was obviously alive was crying his fucking eyes out and uh they were all taped up they were all gaffer taped up the hands and uh mouths and shit were all gaffer taped <clears throat> and these guys were summarily dragged towards where jack was and you know we were then uh <laughs> we were then just stood there watching as these guys were put on their knees and uh jack was handed a gun and we just fucking looked at each other and went fuck these are the guys that beat him up they must be these must be the guys that did him and they'd been taken basically they they'd been collected and you know taken down to that but anyway um 
afterwards, actually, we found out that it, it was nothing to do with a, uh, a family from Leeds. It was nothing to do with gangsters from Leeds. It was just down to four guys uh, or, yeah, four guys from Leeds who chanced upon, you know, uh, an opportunity to go and go and get in the middle of a deal that they were well out of their fucking depth in. So anyway, you know, it, it, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, Jack, Jack stood there. It looks like something out of a fucking movie set. We're in an abandoned fucking car park. You know, the, there is like, I mean, this place is like tarmac. It's got lines on it where, where cars were parked once, but it's also got loads of overgrown shit growing through the broken tarmac. And, uh, you know, these guys were on their knees, all four of them, in front of Jack, who now stood there with a uh, semi-auto 9mm in his hand. So anyway, Jack was leaning down and talking to these guys, and uh, not nicely, I might add. Um, and he was obviously very kind of pissed off with them, as we could tell. And then he raised the gun to the back of one of these guys' heads. And I thought, I don't really want to be a party to this. You know, I don't even want to be a fucking witness. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Jack then looked back at the car and then he pulled the gun away from the guy's head and he turned around to one of these suits who was stood next to him and he said something to him. And the guy just literally looked at us and gave us a signal, which was his finger pointing down on the ground and... He was going round and round in a circle. And we took that as meaning, get out of here. And we reversed our car and basically left. We left. It took us maybe two or three minutes to get out of the car park and we didn't hear any gunshots. We were kind of guessing that either it didn't happen or it didn't happen within our earshot. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we kind of kept well away from it. Anyway. We didn't hear from Jack then for a little while, and then uh, it was maybe two weeks later when he phoned me up and said, uh, you guys fancy a beer? I think I owe you a beer. And we said, yeah, you definitely fucking owe us a beer. And yeah, sure, we'll be down there. Um, so anyway, we went down and uh, we had a drink with him. And uh, he basically explained to us what had gone on and just said, like, you know, he had to pick up and uh, one of these guys had some inside information as to where this pickup was going to take place. They dropped him and basically kicked the shit out of him. The police had uh, had these guys under surveillance for whatever reason. And, you know, that's when it kicked off. And, you know, he got the third degree uh, about, you know, what was going on. So I said, oh, right. OK, so. Uh, Funnily enough, we got we got chatting then about the copper, and we said, you know, who is this fucking cop that uh, you know did this? Because it, it's it's a bit out of order, isn't it? He said, yeah, well, he, he won't be doing anything anymore now, will he? I said, why not? He said, well, all sorts of fucking tapes and shit have uh, gone to his boss about things that he's passed to us, things that he's told us, and um, basically he's going to have a merry old time while he's in fucking jail. So, you know, if he was playing both sides, and um, for whatever reason he'd, he'd done this, uh, said that this guy turned, whether or not he was to get a bigger payoff, he didn't really know, whatever. He was playing himself up to be the bigger, you know, more more in-touch cop than he actually was, I don't know. But either way, 
than fucking copper, then, you know, he's going to have a whale of a time inside. Anyway, that's what they did, because it was a fitting punishment for his crime, really. He must have been drinking with him for about, Christ, best part of two hours. And then he said, right, I've got to go. Uh, I've got shit to do. Um, oh, by the way, I have a message from the family. And we all thought it, they were going to say, oh, cheers, thanks for getting involved, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's quite concerned about all that. He said, uh, they don't want to see your faces ever again, ever. All right? Simple as that. And we went, okay. <laughs> and uh, I never saw them again. I never saw them. Read about them a lot in the papers. <laughs> but I never saw them again. And they were on the news once or twice. Um, but that was it, really. That's, that's my contact with these guys who used to run the city where I grew up. Um, now, it was quite... It was quite ironic, really, that maybe five years ago... I mean, I lost touch with Jack when I left Coventry, so, you know, I never... I didn't speak to him for a long time. He never phoned me, I never phoned him. I don't even know where he was. And I'd heard he'd gone out to Spain to do some work uh, for the guys out there, but, I'm, you know, I ain't got a clue what was going on, really, with that. Um, but I'm, I'd imagine one of his bosses ended up in Spain. Uh, so, or maybe he had to go to Spain, I don't know. So, anyway... About five years, uh, about five years ago, yeah, probably about then, um, I read something on an obscure website about uh, stranger things have happened. And I thought, what the fuck is going on? And it had a picture of him. And I, I looked at him, I thought, that is Jack, you know, that is Jack. Only he wasn't called, uh, well, his name isn't Jack anyway, but uh, the, the site that was covering the story wasn't calling him by that name anyway. Uh, so that's all a bit weird, but he'd been found, basically, or parts of him had been found in all sorts of different places all around Spain. I mean, all sorts of different places. They found a hand in one place. They found a leg, a foot, an arm. They found a torso. Uh, that had been in the sea and you know they basically uh, done a reconstruction of this guy's you know photo fit thing of this guy's face and it was him I'm absolutely convinced it was him now I've I never tried to phone him to you know turn this out I would imagine he's had a variety of different phones and identities all, all, all across the time since then but um, my I, I have a relative who's still in Coventry who knew a relative of Jack's and she confirmed it when I, I said to her, you know, I was, I, this was, you know, not long afterwards. I said, like, yeah, I came across this thing, you know, and that, like, you know, it was all about this weird, this guy that had been found uh, like a million pieces all over Spain. And, uh, you know, the, the photo fit really looked like Jack. She went, yeah, it was Jack. I thought, fucking hell, man. What happened? So I don't know, don't know. But uh, whatever it was, um, he upset the wrong person, or he did something, or he said something that warranted that. And I tell you, there's a, a moral to that story. You know, you really have to sometimes be careful what you wish for because sometimes, sometimes, it's not what you think. <laughs> oh, poor old Jack. I can still see him now, you know, laughing. I can still see his face. I can still see him cracking jokes. I can, st <laughs> I can, oh, I can still see him in the middle of Broadgate in Coventry, 
when we were uh, going from one bar to another and uh, some guys were uh, being particularly boisterous and he said to them uh, guys you you really want to like keep it down you know it's like you know it's not on there are still families totting around town and stuff and he, <laughs> one of these guys went oh fuck off mate and he drop kicked this guy in the head <laughs> I swear I have never seen anything like it in my life I didn't even see his foot leave the ground you know <laughs> But I swear this guy, the guy he kicked, all all parts of his body physically left the ground as he went backwards. Oh, bleeding hell. That was amazing. So anyway, that's the tale of Jack. And uh, may he rest in peace. I guess it was always on the cards, really, for Jack, that that sort of life would lead to that. It kind of makes you, you think about your own life, really, because mine could have easily gone that way could have very easily gone that way i mean not working for the family maybe but you know i was i was certainly heading for trouble when i was a kid and uh if it wasn't for a massive wake-up call then maybe i would have ended up there but uh no i don't know he's not the only one that i've known put himself in that situation i've been to far too many funerals of friends who i knew when i was a young lad and uh that's that's really quite, that's sadder than it sounds, actually. I've carried far too many coffins. I've spoken to far too many mothers of far too many mates who have been taken out for one reason or another. It's not worth it in the end. And, uh, you know, being the gangster, being the tough guy, nah, there's always somebody tougher out there. Always. Okay, well, this has been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show podcast story. And if you think this is a complete load of bullshit, then tell me in the comments. And... If you think it's true, tell me that as well. Um, all names have been changed, obviously, to protect the innocent. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a very funny story, this one, I guess. Uh, although, it's a shame, really, because Jack was a very funny guy. You know, he, he had a sense of humour to fucking die for. Well, I guess he did die for it in the end. But uh, there you go. Shit happens, I guess. And we all move on with our lives. I will see you all on the dark side, guys. You'll take care now. I'll see you soon.